today we are talking about Doom Patrol, uh, the DC comic that was made into an HBO Max, sorry, a DC Universe show that there was then ported over to HBO Max, uh, which is now going to be, I think, only HBO Max. Either way, uh, the Keeg Live is where we talk about a new geek topic every single week this week, obviously Doom Patrol. And uh, even though I'm your host, Dimitra Pereira, I can't host this show alone. Uh, that's why I have brought in two awesome guests for you guys today. Hopefully audio works, and uh, we'll check on that in a quick second. Um, but uh, while we test, uh, I test the audio. Oh, okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much, Eric. Uh, in space, everybody can hear me talk to you, I guess. Um, <laughs> first, let's introduce... Oh, Big G Noise Monkey is back. Awesome. Good evening. Oh, it's evening where you're at. That's right. Uh, Big G Noise Monkey uh, became a fan of us last, uh, or yesterday on last night's show. Um, so thanks for coming back, B Big G Noise Monkey. Uh, so let me introduce my guest. Uh, you may have seen him on the Keeg before multiple times, whether it's talking uh, about X-Men, uh, talking about Hydra, or talking about like working out those sweet, sweet guns. Check him out. Comedian Eric Wargo. Eric, how you doing, man? Yo, the who wants tickets to the Spaghetti Factory? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Are oh, you, well, what's up, guys? It's hot as balls where I'm at, so I, I, hence, hence a little extra show today. Are you uh, giving tickets to the old Spaghetti Factory? The old Spaghetti Factory. <laughs> Bam! Tickets to the Spaghetti Factory. That's my, that's my joke. I'm not that. I'm not. I'm working on it. I'm Lord help me. I'm trying. I'm quarantined. I'm doing push-ups. Yeah. But that's you, look, not, you look tough. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight you in an alley. That's all I'm saying. Like if I come across you in an alley, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight you. That's no. the only place I would fight you would be an alley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not fighting you in any ring, man. I, oh, need no. to, I need to be in a place where I can sucker punch you. Oh no. I'm like, I'm honestly, I'm like a puffer fish or something where I just like try to swell up to look aggressive, but I'm, I'm a big old right. I, I assure you. <laughs> uh, I feel like an alley fight would be cool because you can do one of those like things where you like run up the side of the wall and then you come down and then you punch downwards. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I would about? love to do that. Like, yeah. like a parkour downward just cross. That would be. Yeah. Ooh. I think that's downward dog. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a uh, usurped from a yoga move, but now yeah. it's a, a parkour punch, yeah. which is also my favorite Kool Aid flavor, by the way. Parkour punch. Parkour punch. Yeah, yeah. one for adults. Big G noise monkey says, "With the glasses off, you are rocking the Steven Seagal stunt bad guy look." Well, check check this out. Like my glasses are actually kind of crooked because I sat on them. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually working with one arm and these these headphones are helping keeping it in place. So you might like see me like, let me tell you something about Doom Patrol. Uh, you know, uh, so I don't know. I'll, I'm how about that? I'm, I'm just naturally sweaty and nasty. Yeah. So I, hey, I'll try and keep my 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 eyeballs straight right Let's now. See. You're you're rocking three perfect arms, my friend. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> our uh, our second guest is new to the Keeg, uh, but hopefully uh, will be a lifelong subscriber. Uh, uh, we have yeah. producer Gil Barron. Gil, how you doing, man? Hi, everybody. Uh, thanks so much for having me. 
Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, it's not their choice. They didn't choose to have you. So I hope you're not thanking them yeah. for having you. <laughs> I'm thanking you, you for having me. You should thank me. Uh, I'm thanking Eric Wargo for not bullying me out of the room immediately. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's and, awesome. Uh, it's awesome to have you. It's your first time. Um, you do a lot of other stuff, right? I do a ton of comedy shows. I do. I produce a few comedy shows. Uh, Eric was one of our producers uh, not long ago on your late night show tonight. And what your late night show tonight is, uh, it's a talk show, but every month a different comedian hosts it. So, you know, we recently had stars like uh, El Jefe, who's the guitarist from NoFX, and Jerry Minor, who you might remember from uh, Saturday Night Live and Mr. Show, uh, Matt Pinfield from MTV News. Um, who else is someone cool that we had, Eric? Oh, uh, man. Well, you've had... So uh, many great pack people. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, what's your favorite 31 flavors ice cream flavor? It's I, uh, too many choices. Yeah, yeah. We, we've just had uh, so many great people come on to this small, fun indie show um, and we make a show that's entirely about their voice and their point of view. And we do it every single month. And this month, um, next Friday night, actually at 10:30 PM right here on Twitch on, uh, Twitch slash the pack theater. If you want to subscribe to that, um, next Friday night, the host is going to be Mirage trams, who is one of the people who's been leading a lot of the diversity efforts at the comedy theaters in LA. She's a second city person by training and, has been leading a lot of the town halls uh, specifically about diversity. Of course, what makes her funny is that she's a great director and that she's a great improviser. So we have a lot of cool stuff coming up for that show. But uh, but one of the things that I think people might want to tune in for is the fact that she is so involved with, you know, a lot, a lot of this particular moment, the Black Lives Matter moment, and bringing that uh, spirit of diversity to the LA comedy theaters. theaters. That's awesome. That's I was yeah. just talking to someone earlier about how insane it is that you guys are, and pull it off very well, but like from the ground up, from scratch, like a whole new show. Yeah, I mean, how many did you do in a row? At least three or four in a row, right? Yeah, I was there for at least four. Yeah, yeah. I came in. I came in on the back half of another one, but I had a fun stint. Yeah, uh, but that, that's what it is. Is like oh, right half, right. halfway through favorite. this one, we're talking about the next one, and halfway through the next one, we're talking about the one after that. So we still haven't taken a break, and we're about to be on our fiftieth show. So next week is going to be our fourth anniversary show. So everyone should come and check in on that. I'll put I'll put the link in the the URL in the in the chat right now. Um, but the one after that is going to be our fiftieth. That's crazy. Well, congrats to you, sir. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, I, I I think it's interesting how how uh it's like we're doing a Doom Patrol episode. We're not talking about diversity. How, what? Why would you even keep your politics <laughs> out of my comics, man? Yeah. And it's like uh, I I just hear that so much. Obviously, we all hear That's that so, so much. Just so um, weird. As as a as a conceptual idea, I mean, especially. With all comics, because all comics really are, you know, about like, look, here's this person who's so different and misunderstood. But the Doom Patrol specifically is this. What is it? The strangest super team of them all? Is that the, the yeah. name of them or what's yeah. what is the, how they're how they're built in those original comics? Attack. I mean, probably because oh, they they weren't yeah, allowed the to say strangest heroes. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they like. I mean, they're. I mean, the, the comics are obviously vastly different, 
but you know, even with the show, it doesn't feel like they're out to save the day. They do, but it's always like, uh, you know, reluctantly for sure. Uh, and a lot of times, some like an accident, so, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. just sheer coincidence. Uh, there's, there's such a weird team. Um, I feel yeah. like they're called the strange. What, what what are they called? The strangest heroes. Yeah, the world's the world's strangest heroes, and I yeah. think that that specifically as a as a counterbalance to the Justice League, who are the world's greatest heroes. Yeah, uh, right. the world's strangest heroes. They probably just weren't allowed to say the world's most fucked up. You know. Uh, yeah, and the, you know, the, I think it's one of those things that Grant Morrison talks about. You know, in that first trade where he takes over the the book, is that you know those original characters between Elastigirl and Negative Man and Robot Man, these are disabled people. These are people who are literally in wheelchairs and are blind and have prosthetics and stuff, and they are analogies for people who have had their legs blown off and yeah. in war or people who you know, have severe disabilities and uh, and that these people still can be productive, not only members of society, but they can be our heroes. They can be our superheroes. Yeah, whether it's physical disabilities, mental disabilities, uh, <laughs> tackles mental health um, in, in so many different ways. Sometimes in a very spot-on way, like they have uh, uh, PTSD, or sometimes it's an analogy for something. Uh, uh, they mix it up. I mean, but... That's kind of even the focal point of the show. Um, before we get to the actual meat and potatoes of the show, um, me personally, speaking from my experience with the Doom Patrol, I haven't read Grant Morrison's run of Doom Patrol. My experience with the Doom Patrol in the comics has been when the Doom Patrol would guest on other people's comics. So Justice League Year One, um, there was like some runs of Teen Titans that the Doom Patrol would, would come mm -hmm. in. Um, yeah, um, Beast Boy, Beast Boy was created for Doom Patrol. Yeah, and part of Beast Boy's history is that he was adopted by Steve Dayton. Yeah, and so so Rita from the show marries Steve Dayton and is kind of Beast Boy's stepmother. Yeah. for a time, and then once New Teen Titans starts, when once Marv Wolfman comes on, he's like, I'm stealing that character. Yeah, he should be one of us. I love, I love, I love it when they do that. Because, I mean, he wouldn't have been a big character. Like, Doom Patrol didn't do that well at first. I think... Okay, so Doom Patrol and X-Men came out at the same time. And Doom Patrol was doing better than X-Men. I know that. Right? right. Uh, until X-Men reinvented themselves. The and Dave Cockrum years. Yeah, the reboot of X-Men. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Doom Patrol... I just don't think Doom Patrol you know, past that first run ever like really broke through, I think until the nineties, until that Grant Morrison run. But I think that the nineties run is so much more about Grant Morrison and his rising celebrity during the nineties than it yeah. is about those, those characters. Right. Um, and so I think that like, even today, the one doom patrol character that you could put on a cover and like guarantee a sale of a book is probably robot man. Yeah. probably the most unique looking character and you probably you know anytime you make redo the doom patrol that's the one you probably want to keep around yeah. um and other than that than that probably beast boy but i think beast boy is probably more associated with teen titans at this point yeah well just like i have a more recent reboot of them too let me pull that off my shelf yeah uh cyborg to me is a teen titans character i don't think he belongs on the justice league I don't think that he 
Mm-hmm. Although I don't think he belongs in the Doom Did Patrol. Did you guys read the, the Keith Giffen reboot? I haven't. Damn. I like the yeah. art. Yeah, this is, is, is good? Like right, this is after Final Crisis. It's uh, oh. Matthew Clark is the artist on it. Is it good? Yeah, I'm going to give this a rewrite la- a reread later. I don't remember. A rewrite? You're just going to rewrite the whole thing? I'm going to go back and change it. I'm going to go in with a pen and just... <laughs> That's, that, is, that is something a Doom Patrol villain would do, right? It's, right. It's, 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 <laughs> when I was a little kid and got my first like Batman comic, I went through with a pen and filled in his eyeballs. <laughs> you just drew eyeballs into him? I, I, I filled in his irises because, you know, all the Batman, they have no irises in the eyes. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I knew Batman from Adam West and... Uh, and Michael Keaton's. I'm like, Batman has eyeballs. Like, why doesn't he have eyeballs in the comics? <laughs> that that that's weird. Like kid logic. Like I feel like 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 if if your dad came in with sunglasses, you're like, where's your eyes? And you like drawing eyes on his sunglasses. It's like, no, they're lenses, man. I feel I, like that. I, I was six or seven. I didn't know. I, 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 I never really took them to be as lenses, but I know that uh, they've since like really put in a lot of like augmented reality over his over his shit, you know. Like, so, yeah. So yeah, he can yeah, like yeah. like facially identify people now, and it's just <laughs> super convenient, man, is what I call him. <laughs> I love I love Batman, but like oh, s- sure. sometimes it goes over the top. But I love Batman. The yeah. lenses are my, the least of my worries. It's you know, fun when they dip into that Adam West side of him, though. Like, you know, yeah. after, because you, at this point, you expect the grittiness, the grim and the grit. Right. And then they're there to be like a giant. Like, that's kind of one thing I appreciate about Grant Morrison's uh, run was just probably more Frank Quietly's art, to be honest, of just the, the balloonness. I don't like Frank Quietly's art. I don't know how really? you guys feel. It always looks gross to me. All Star Superman, not a fan? All Star <laughs> Superman, he does make it slick. So that's yeah. understandable. Are you, are you also not a fan of Mobius? Ooh. Mobius, the artist. Mo- oh, who's no? What? Uh, who's Mobius, the artist? Oh, bro, uh, it had a classic, uh, classic run on Silver Surfer. Yeah, I mean, because that's what like... that's what Frank Quietly reminds me the most of in terms of texture, which I mm-hmm. think is what Dimitri is. Uh, yeah. Is- responding to is that yeah. there's a gritty kind of texture to it where you like kind of see everyone's wrinkles and pimples uh, yeah and i see and whatever yeah i see there was, Mo- mobius i see there it. was yeah. a, uh, an artist uh i was following who's on um well sadly it was a fucking partner with with warren else uh but it was uh black summer and this artist juan jose rip yeah, like, that's like really the only place I ever saw some of his work. But he like that comic got a little bit of heat because this was like the the peak of the Bush administration, uh, and it was just like some uh, you know hero like clad in white just sort of showing up, and his powers these these orbs that swirl around him and can just like you know just like Magneto a motherfucker with them, uh-huh. you know. Um, <laughs> but like the cover was like him in the oval office and it was like oh shit is that george bush and and you know everyone else and so fox news had a field day with it but like what i'm getting at though is like the artist juan jose rip was like super detailed uh uh visceral like look 
which I think is definitely oh. that Frank Quietly thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm with, yeah. with you, Dimitri. I'm not a huge Frank Quietly person. You know, yeah. the, he does those lemon lips. The the people look like they just sucked a lemon all the time. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's fine. Like, you know, he's he's on particular runs. I don't worry about him. It doesn't doesn't super affect me. Um, yeah. You know, I get excited when I when I see artists I love and I still read the comics when it's artists I'm just okay with. The one guy I the one guy who can put me off a book is probably like Mike McCone. That's probably the one guy that can get really me, like, put down a comic book. Really? Teen Titans? <laughs> the Jeff Johns Teen Titans like, run? Oh, it's so bad. Oh it no. So terrible. And plus I never liked what Jeff Johns did, did with Titans anyway. So Ooh. there's so little in Teen Titans in that run of Teen Titans for me to like. Oh no. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> because like I used to identify a lot with the Titans and that generation of heroes. Cause I was a kid in the nineties and grew up yeah. with like young justice. I and... was a huge young justice fan. And I felt yeah. like the way they started that teen Titans run was specifically like a slash and burn to young justice. So mm. it definitely felt like fuck young justice. Jeff Johns wants to play. Like yeah. that's always what Jeff Johns feels like to me. It's like, Oh, Ooh. he's like, fuck whatever you did. Now we're doing Jeff Johns time. So the only the big critique I have for Jeff Johns is his Silver Age love. So he likes to set things yeah. back to the status quo of the Silver Age. The um, but in the same vein, like that's a good thing, especially when it came to New Fifty Two, because like New Fifty Two messed everything up. Most things. There's a couple runs that didn't get messed up, but like New Fifty Two messed everything really up. Really good books. That um, that Wonder Woman run. Yeah. Is incredible. The Brian Chang, Jeff Chang, Bernard no, Chang. Brian Bernard Chang. Okay, yeah. DC noob. Like I missed out on all of this stuff. I, I just recently started reading New Fifty Two Batman. Eric, do oh. yourself yeah. a favor. Yeah. And check out that run. It's uh, Brian Azzarello doing oh. Wonder Woman. Oh, okay, Brian. No, you know what? I started reading some of that. The Brian Azzarello will get me interested. You know, yeah, but that's a, that's an incredible run on Wonder Woman, and yeah. it comes right after. By the way, my favorite Wonder Woman run of all time is that first Greg Rucka. Sure, uh, Greg Rucka's that, great. I think it's it's like I want to say thirty to fifty issues. Uh, it's mm. so so good. It includes like the Gorgon fight, you know, where she like blinds herself with with snake venom to like oh, to to keep from getting turned to stone by Medusa. It's yeah. real badass. That's badass. Yeah, uh, it's, it's that's so good. And the Azarello stuff, it just it's just so brutal, and I just fucking love it. Brian yeah. Azarello did a uh, Joker book, uh, like a graphic novel oh. like piece. Yeah, uh, the standalone one. Yeah, that was really good, and that came like right after the Heath Ledger, uh, like not right after, but yeah, like, you're right, you're right. A couple years after, at least, like so it was but still it, like it was inspired by because it had inspired that, is like kind of like is he? I don't know, you know, yeah, but um, it it was it was good. That was the yeah, thing. It had a really cool take on Riddler. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go back for that. That's in my bookshelf. I gotta go. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, Killer Croc yeah. that I liked. Yeah, because it was an alternate universe. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't wasn't mainline DC no. for sure. No. Yeah, just mainline in DC. Mainline in DC. I know I said mainstream. I meant mainstream. Whatever. <laughs> right. but. Yeah. I just want that DC what? straight to the veins, man. So what is? I know that there's like Earth Prime and all that, but like, what is the six one six Marvel of DC considered? 
That's it. Earth Prime. Earth, Earth Prime, Prime. That's it. Yeah. That's that's yeah, big. Earth's that's a better Earth Prime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because uh, I would just say it's not it's not the same as Marvel because there's been so many reboots of DC. So like every right. 20 years or so, you've essentially started continuity over. Like so a I new think, Earth Prime think, kind of thing. I think the Fantastic Four that you see today are the yeah. same Fantastic Four that faced Galactus in 1965 or whatever. Right. And, it's a sliding timeline. Oh yeah. yeah. No, the, like Marvel. Marvel's smart. They'll always say like years ago, you know, or, or like yeah. in the last war. Like they yeah. won't like. Yeah, Reed, Reed didn't fight in World War Two. Like Reed, like I don't even know whether he fought in a war anymore. I don't even know if that's. But it, but it kind of doesn't matter because what matters is right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would love it if if they finally did Fantastic Four that it's like they started during the actual space race, mm. you know, and like space time is what it is. They're off exploring, fucking forever. And then by the time they get back to Earth, the time has, you know, gone by. But to have that initial space race kind of vibe and then like mm-hmm. Doom can Doom can be eternal. Doom can always be, you know, if they always do that. I think that's something Doom says about himself is Doom is eternal. Doom yeah. is eternal. Uh, As opposed to Dark Side. Dark Side is. Yeah. Dark Side is. Is what? Dark. What? Is there is there more? Is there more? Dark Side is. Oh, I do want to. Okay, uh, okay. Would you guys recommend Jeff Johns's uh, Green Lantern saga? Yes. Like that that's probably. Yeah, yeah. If I was going to dig into anything DC, it's probably going to be that. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good place to to go. I mean, it's a really big space epic. It's one of those yeah. things where like it's so much about the spectacle, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But it does. I do think it overstays its welcome once it gets into brightest day and and blackest night and those stuff. I think the main things you want to read are the Sinestro war. And that, that makes you want to read more. So you get into the star Sapphires and agent orange and all the stuff that like with the color spectrum, I do think by the time it gets to brightest day, you're like, all right. Okay. I got it. There's a bunch of colors. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You sound like my grandfather. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. But I think it starts with such great energy. So I definitely recommend at least, at least the beginnings of it. Yeah. Um, bringing it, uh, bringing, uh, like to, to doom patrol. Yeah. Uh, so when I went into this show, obviously, uh, in season one, uh, I didn't know who crazy Jane was. I had heard yeah. things about her, but that character never crossed over with other comics. So I never experienced her. Um, and I also thought it was interesting for them to put cyborg in. Did you guys yeah. find that interesting? I love that. That's such a great idea. Well, because again, there's always that Doom Patrol Teen Titans connection. Like that's yeah. always going, going to exist because of Beast Boy. But instead of bringing in Beast Boy, which I think, by the way, they very well could have done. They could have just made that Beast Boy and made Beast Boy like celebrity superhero guy, right? Right. Yeah. The whole, whole point of Cyborg. But I think Beast Boy was already locked up with their Teen Titans TV show. Yeah. So I just, I love Cyborg as that replacement because he's very clearly, you know, the guy was in an accident and got rebuilt kind of in the same way as Robot Man. And I don't think they really have made it explicit in the show, but there's clearly like connections. Like Cyborg is the high budget, the big budget version, the $6 million man version to Robot Man's kind of whatever was found outside in the dumpster. Yeah. Bottom yeah. shelf tech, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I mean they they kind of explored a uh, I mean you know not to spoil anything on the show but they did a quick little 
I mean, the, uh, this whole episode's gonna be spoilers on the show. Spoil so. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. In season two, yeah. you mean? The, I'm gonna watch the Dupatrol episode, having seen nothing, but planning to watch it all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Stone and Steel was fun was so as hell. Funny. That it was so good. That beekeeper and the Borg was nice. I want to see yeah, more of that shit. So you good. know? Yeah, I love those little detours. Those are fun. Like, yeah. It's yeah. like they just they lean so heavily on tropes and. Uh, you know, it's like, even if you're new to the show, you just see this, like, what the fuck is this silly shit? Yeah. Um, I'll be. So, Dimitri, you yeah. asked me on the show is what got me to finally pull this off my shelf and read it. And this is the the first arc that, that um, Grant Morrison does on Doom Patrol. And yeah. by the way, he comes on on issue like 22 or something. It's not a reboot. It's not issue one. So he mm. comes on. And the very first scene of it, the first arc that he does is this four-issue thing with these characters called the Scissor Men. And it's okay. all about this. So it's about this um, fictional city that was written by these sort of Tolkien analogs. This book that was written by these Tolkien guys who were like, we're going to invent our own language and our own culture. And we'll write a book that includes like this culture. And that book they write comes to life and just and invades our reality. And which is such a Morrison idea. Yeah. I love it so much. And it seems like that's exactly the kind of thing that they do on this show. Like, oh, a fictional city is invading our, our world and the, the Doom Patrol has to fight it. So yeah. what happens in the very first issue is that, uh, is that Cliff gets introduced to Kate Crazy Jane and they start to develop a relationship, start to develop a friendship. There's, no, there's none of that sort of surrogate father stuff that you see in the show, but, but there's definitely... A relationship there and i love that that's what they poured it over to the show yeah i, I mean i love what the show's done um talking like specifically about cyborg because uh i like i said i don't like it when cyborg is on the justice league um it's fine if he's like doing like a like an internship program with the <laughs> justice league like a guest star right yeah like, <laughs> yeah I, I, uh, I have a problem with the justice league or more specifically batman just being in space Whoa, like, whoa, like okay. a, no, no, I don't have a problem with the team. Just them being in space just bugs the hell out of me. Like Batman belongs in Gotham. I'm just okay. saying like right. less, less, less time in space, bro. Yeah. Okay. Your parents weren't murdered in an alley outside <laughs> of the stratosphere. You know? <laughs> Come on. Like stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. You know yeah. what, I was thinking the other day, I was reading some uh, old Innocenti uh, Daredevil, you know, uh, she's the one that follows up Frank Miller in the eighties. And, um, I was thinking like, what would, ha what would I do if I got to write Daredevil? Cause like, I think of Daredevil and there's just like one Daredevil story that just keeps getting retold as far as I'm right. concerned. Like, it's just the same fucking story. Just oh, over and dead over girlfriend, over. that uh -huh. one, the dead girlfriend story. <laughs> like, like <laughs> he's racking up a body of, count, dude. Like the story of Kingpin and all of these assassins. Being, oh yeah. You know, sent to kill Matt Murdock, and it's always the same exact story. I feel like I was like, "What would I do that would be different with Daredevil?" And I was like, "You know, it'd be crazy, cosmic Daredevil." Oh, like shit, if you yeah. sent Daredevil out into space, but I, I think that the whole time he'd be like on the phone with Foggy, being like, uh, "How's how's Hell's Kitchen doing?" How, <laughs> yeah, how's but what can Daredevil sense in a vacuum? Like, <laughs> what's he gonna? Right, but you put him on like Hala or something. You put him, you know, in the oh, okay. empire. Oh, so <laughs> so more like a like a Planet Hulk type scenario, not necessarily like a tournament gladiator thing, but he's on another planet trying to send him yeah. to be a lawyer on Hala. I, I enjoyed seeing Eddie Brock off planet, like, you know, yeah. and 
the reaction that aliens had to his his costume. You know, like, yeah, yeah what the fuck you, get that thing out of here. You know, yeah, uh, like it was nice to see that um, for a change. Yeah, I, uh, that's fun. I, I I am glad that they never really went full like Batman into uh, Daredevil in the way that like yeah, put Daredevil on so many teams. And like, just like make them fight aliens and, and random, th- like every so often he'll like cross over to Avengers and like, he'll help out, but it's always street level shit. Right. Well, I never read it when it was, you know, when they were going into the relationship between him and black widow, but I assume that like that worked for whatever reason. Like I would think like if you put daredevil in espionage situations, like that's how black widow kind of gets him into that. Like, yeah. why would why would Daredevil ever fight Doctor Doom? Because he was with Black Widow for a time, right? Right. So so change the genre according to the girls that he dates. So I if he so, yeah. if if he dates an alien, let him maybe... date Lalandra or Gamora or something. Oh yeah, Gamora would be a cool matchup. Yeah, Lalandra I mean, not so much. She doesn't. I mean, how's she like if you're colorblind, you you just look like another person, <laughs> you know. Like oh, she's got a human face, uh, hips, feet, you know, hands. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> well, I never thought Daredevil was racist, anyway. So no, right. but, <laughs> I mean, is he? He's like Captain Kirk, then, right? So he's just oh, oh yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, Daredevil okay. gets around. I'm not you judging. Know? I'm not judging. If you know, I'm just. Yeah. But he is a horn dog. Like he get his dick he gets him in trouble every so time. Uh, a little you know? horn dog. Dude, yeah, bro, yeah. that was fucking. Uh, 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 bringing it back to Cyborg, though. Uh, I just, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. What I like about the show is that they, I don't like Motherbox Cyborg, like in the movie yeah. and the New Fifty Two. I don't want space technology, magic space technology, to like merge with the human and that Cyborg. Like I like the, Cyborg in the, the show. Exact same page. I like every time I see Cyborg on the Justice League, I'm like, I miss Martian Manhunter so much. Right. I like I I don't know. When I see the Justice League, I need to see Martian Manhunter there. And like maybe, you know, maybe Cyborg fits in like if you still have Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern there, but him as a replacement for those guys, I'm just like it just feels like the Justice League and guest star Cyborg. Right. Wow. Also, the movie I mean the movie the movies have totally changed all that for me, you know. The movie messed like, it up. Yeah, well, the move. I, I I always thought it was super funny, no pun intended, with yeah. with Batman, Superman, where just like in the middle of the movie, we get Cyborg's origin, just like out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like save it for his movie, dude. Why are we doing this now? No, he doesn't need a movie. That's also another thing I have about Cyborg. I love Cyborg in an ensemble, but like just like I don't need a Nightcrawler uh, origin movie. You know what I mean? I need Nightcrawler. In I don't know if X-Men. I can follow you there. I can fuck with a Nightcrawler origin movie. I could do. Okay. I could too, actually. I mean, would you want a Colossus the... origin movie? I love I mean, these characters, but yeah, I don't think they need character. their own movie. Actually, I want a Nightcrawler Colossus team up road trip movie. That's what I need. If well, it's a mutant, though, the yeah, origin yeah. is just their parents hooking up. That's really, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're well, gonna get yeah, Mystique and <laughs> Devil essentially, or whatever, Azazel. Azazel. Uh, yeah. yeah. Azazel, uh, by the way, if you've seen Fall, not uh, or Fallen, uh, Azazel's the name of that. It's a it's a uh, Denzel Washington movie where he's like a detective solving murders, but there's a demon who gets passed around by touch, uh, and the demon's name is Azazel. Uh, that's that's how I remember the name of Nightcrawler's father. Yeah, 
Um, I try not to worry about it too much. Because no. <laughs> that, that's the Chuck Austin uh, run of uh, uh, X-Men. Is yeah. when he introduces Azazel and Nightcrawler's demon brothers. Yeah, I don't think I recall those dudes too much. Yeah. Uh, are they red also? Are they blue? Or what, what's up they're, with those I guys? think they're multicolored, you know. Oh, oh like um, it's a Green Lantern Shazam kind of thing. Yeah. Ooh, big G big, noise monkey wants to see a She-Hulk Daredevil crossover. I can fuck with Honestly, that. Honestly, yeah. Have they not crossed over? That would I be amazing. Knew. Like, they're gonna, like, they gotta be opposing lawyers at one point. That's gonna be I, gnarly. I think they have. I think I've guys, seen that. In the comics, yeah. On Empire, are you guys reading Empire? Uh, I didn't read the last issue. I didn't read. I didn't read the last issue. Oh man, yeah. There's not good. Gonna, there's not gonna be a She-Hulk Daredevil crossover, guys. Oh fuck. <laughs> uh, oh fuck. Oh, oh I'm not gonna spoil any more than that. There's just sure. not gonna be one. <laughs> Oh, oh okay. Uh, I just I just read um I'm on Marvel Unlimited, so I'm like six months behind. I okay, it's okay. fine. I'll forget. And that's the that's the beauty of uh, you can tell me spoilers. We're like, ah, oh, damn, and then I'll yeah, forget yeah. and be like, oh shit. Um, but I just saw like Tony Stark's leg get blown off in a free comic book day, uh, issue. So I I imagine he's not. I imagine that grew back. I feel like he still has extremists, but they made a big deal out of his leg getting blown up. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Tony, I didn't read that. Tony's going read, through uh, some weird stuff right now. Okay. I didn't read Iron Man 2020. I didn't care about it. Yeah. But I, I heard there's going to be a new re- a new uh, Iron Man series starting that I'm kind of excited to check out. Right. Yeah, anyway, Iron Man's kind of wild right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm not yeah. paying attention to it. I'm paying attention mostly to Avengers and Empire, and it's getting me interested in Fan- Fantastic Four, which I've honestly, honestly, never really been into. Oh, so for real? Oh, Dude. I never it, really got it. Uh huh. I just, I, I, I kind of just like the the family vibe of it all, and that there's, I don't know, they're they're definitely the most positive, like. I feel like it's the most positive, uplifting like comic in Marvel's line generally. I feel like every Fantastic Four story I've ever read is Reed Richards has abused his power. And oh yeah, this is the real reveal <laughs> that Reed Richards was really a bad guy the whole time. Oh like, yeah, every story I've ever read from Fantastic Four has been fuck Reed Richards. Like that's what it all seems to me. There's, I mean, and it's so weird to me that in the face of that, that you have mm-hmm. the thing who is a living cartoon character. It's not that he's living rock but literally has catchphrases walks around ta- you know talking like a 1950s cabbie like doesn't <laughs> they never updated that and so he literally feels like like a character out of a 70s cartoon series. like he's barney rubble and it's like how is that character living in the same world as wolverine and hey fred dr well, doom is well, coming i guess that's well, wolverine is very similar Wolverine's is very it? similar. Um, yeah, all like, extensions yeah. of Stan Lee. Let's be honest. Like, huh? They're all extensions of Stan Lee. I mean, you know, Stan Lee was like, hey, bub. You know, well, I, uh, I feel like more a Kirby thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel thing like is Kirby. Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. Things definitely Kirby. I'd say Captain America's got some Kirby in them, too. It's uh, like the whole story about Jack Kirby, where the, where the Nazis, like the neo Nazis or whatever, like called the office and they're like, hey, you Jew. Uh, come out and fight us, or or like whatever. We're gonna kick. I think in the forties they were just still Nazis and not yeah, the neo yeah, kind. Yeah. yeah. I didn't uh, and then and then like they wanted to scare Jack Kirby, and then Jack Kirby was like, "All right, I'll meet you downstairs." And he goes yeah. downstairs, and they nobody's there. Yeah. <laughs> Alex. 
every time. Oh, man. Jack Kirby, man. Um, so uh, let, let's talk about uh, like where, what season one did with Doom Patrol and then yeah. kind of like what it set up for season two. Uh, I loved Mr. Nowhere as a villain. Yes. I love love Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk kills it. So good. Just the whole conceit of the narrator is the bad guy. Um, So funny. And uh, yeah, I just, everything with the cockroach was so funny. Yeah. The rat. Um, Yeah. The fight, the the feud with the rat is great. The Uh, the beard eater. The. What's his face? The, the 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 dude with the dinosaur on his shoulder, like uh, oh. animal vegetable mineral man. Yes, animal vegetable mineral man. Like and just like that whole like how his like viral career takes off after that. He's like one of those like weirdo uh, yeah. celebs. Yeah, the way they brought in Flex Mentalo. Was Flex, yeah. Flex is dope as fuck, dude. I, I, Flex is so fun. It's such a fun throwback kind of character, but it's like throwback to what exactly? Because he's kind of parody of those like Jack LaLanne, like those, yeah. those inserts in comic strips. Yeah. Like, Are you tired of being a 90 pound weakling? Well, <laughs> we'll take our <laughs> Our, uh, our correspondence course and become strong like that's kind of what he's a throwback to but I just also love like he alters reality by specific like muscle movements like it's so yeah. funny and I love oh, it yeah yeah and he's but he's so innocent and I don't want to yeah. say naive but just he's so good-natured so you know good-natured. like like, like there was that in like in season two where Rita's like turn and face the wall you know while we do this no, like, nose to uh, the wall Nose to yeah, the wall, yeah. and, and like he doesn't even know that there's like demons and shit in the room. He's so committed <laughs> to, like, oh, to being yeah, a good is, dude. This you know? thing that I wanted to talk about because Dimitri and I were talking about this before you got on uh-huh. was so the show is obviously based on Grant Morrison's not just his specific run, but his, his storytelling flavor. style. Yeah, his, his level of weirdness is what the show gets into, right? And uh, and it's really it's it's so much based on who Morrison is and it's kind of surprising to me he doesn't have a credit on the show which no. is so weird but he deserves uh, like, like a like a flavor credit or something like a know? thank yeah. you or inspired by or something but one of the craziest things is that Morrison in real life is a practitioner of sex magic dude have you heard his talks on this stuff like yes I, I like fifth like, I was I'll telling say, you like, about it forever yeah, ago I was like Oh no, dude! You gotta, you yeah, you, you gotta check this shit out. He would, I I watched a disinformation con, uh, panel he did. Maybe this is the one you saw, Gil. But he like straight up, like he's like here's basically symbol magic. But what? It's just it's. But to me, that shit is just like it's like why I have a tattoo, Hell Hydra. Uh, but it's like <laughs> I it's why I have a tattoo on like resilience. You know, it's like I see this coming out of the shower. And I think, like, I don't literally think it, but subconsciously, I'm thinking in the trajectory of, you know, cut off one head, two shall replace it. You know, if you get knocked down, get back up again. They're never going to keep you down. That kind of, like, you know, like yeah. people yeah. that wear, like, religious, uh, you know, uh, so, symbols around their necks. Morrison's talk about sex magic. Yes. He oh, and he, he you come, too. That's the part. <laughs> yeah. He talks about creating sigils, and that's a matter of, like, you meditate, you get yourself into a state of frenzy, um, and you create a symbol that's unique to you, and you create this on a piece of paper, you masturbate onto it, and then bury it. 
Right. And this creates, and this creates, puts magic into the universe. And he's an actual practitioner of magic. I don't know if this comes from, from Wicca or Celtic kind of magic. I don't know where it comes from exactly, but he's a real practitioner of this stuff. So oh, yeah. once they get into that episode with the sex men, like everything that they talk about in terms of like sexual energy opening up doorways to other universes, there are real people in the universe, or at least Grant Morrison is a real person in the universe. <laughs> no, Alan Moore gets down. Yeah. But I also, but I think that his sex openness, his sex positivity in that way, if you want to call it that, right. leads him to be uh re to be really allied to trans people and i think you see this in the show but a lot of it comes not just from doom patrol from his doom patrol but also from the invisibles because there's so much yes uh, good trans visibility in his doom patrol and in, in the invisibles and what's funny or interesting about it is that um, is that when a character expresses gender in unique or different ways or, you know, quote unquote aberrant ways, it does give those characters a certain level of control over magic or control over reality because they're literally standing there and, and, and standing in the face of reality. They are going against the grain of, of normalcy or reality. And so they have created magic. And I think that's something that exists you know, certainly with Danny the Brick, Danny the Street, and yeah. with, um, a tire so, now. Yeah. With what? Yeah, now a tire is that? And Danny the Tire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but even in in Morrison's run, so one of the things he does with Larry Trainer with Negative Man, the first thing he does is he merges Larry with a woman. They become kind of amalgamated into one character, and Larry Trainer becomes a trans character. So I don't think that the homosexuality that's in the show was ever part of Larry Trainer as a character, but but they but they transposed his transsexuality, his transness, yeah. transgenderism to homosexuality in the show. And right. so the the character in Morrison's run becomes uh, gender fluid or gender ambiguous. Yeah. The thing that I like about um, comic book adaptations is when you stick to the spirit of it, even if things aren't exact, it's the spirit, right? So yes. uh, that's why, like, the Watchmen um, movie, uh, the Watchmen comic came play, uh, came about after, like, decades of comics. But the Watchmen movie didn't come out after decades of comic book movies. So I feel like it doesn't have that same uh, impact when you're trying to, trying to draw parallels. I think uh, you're between right. Certain things. Right. Um, you have to stick to that mm -hmm. medium. And whatnot. So I think, without going too far into depth off of that, Doom Patrol, as a show, should be counterculture to, to other comic book shows, just like the Doom Patrol comic was counterculture and anti-establishment, whereas Justice League is very not that. You know what I mean? In the comics, right? Um, so I'm glad that they kept to the spirit of things. When let's be honest, DC doesn't always have a great track record. Uh, DC could have fucked up the Doom Patrol show, you know? I think that their TV ventures have actually been pretty good, especially I agree. once DC Universe started. I, yeah. mean, I, I just finally watched Harley Quinn when, once it got to HBO Max, and I was a, a big fan of that. I think there was a few little anti-Semitic things in there that I didn't like, but uh, for the most part, I thought it was such a, such a great reimagining of the Batman universe. 
sorry. Uh, which, which, uh, what was what was? What was oh, Harley, Harley Quinn. The Harley Quinn stuff. Yeah. Oh, I've heard that. I've heard that. Um, I I I can't offer anything in, in one way or another. I I don't know. Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying it as a Jewish person. I yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was like, oh, that's straight up anti-Semitism. But I also know that there were Jews in the writer's room and they were particularly trying to be sort of um, uh, transgressive in a particular way. And I mm. think, you know, there were certain things that people did that I'm like, that's really crossing the line, you guys. Yeah. But whatever. What I didn't know there was an ongoing thing with Penguin being Jewish. Like, I just I found out about that. I didn't know that before the show either. I had heard that like once they made, once they cast Wayne Knight as the penguin and made it like a bar mitzvah and whatever, like, oh, yeah. I, think, I don't think that's an issue personally. Like, yeah. okay, a character's Jewish. Harley yeah. Quinn is Jewish as a character. Now it's canon that Batman is half Jewish and Hal Jordan, by the way, are both half Jewish mm. um, as characters. I Hal I, Jordan is half Jewish? Yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, there was a recent writer on mm. on uh, on Green Lantern who, that made it canon specifically yeah. that half Jewish. I think with the Batman thing that it's kind of inference because Kate Kane, Batwoman, is Jewish. Yeah, and you know that she's related to him via his mother, which yeah. means that Martha Kane, who who is of course Martha Wayne, yeah. Martha Kane was Jewish, which makes makes Bruce Wayne technically Jewish. Yeah. Um, Hal Jordan. There was a recent arc that specifically spelled out. Oh, I was I was brought up. I was brought up as a as a Jew. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. Something just a real quick thing about that uh, that I noticed in the Justice League movie is that Ezra Miller has a a joke. He was like, oh, it was just. So he makes a joke, something like when he's talking to Batman, like, oh, it's it's probably just some Jewish kid that looks like me or something like that. Um, okay. When he's trying to, and so I don't know whether is that inferred that movie Flash is Jewish. I don't know. You, I I don't remember that line. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and rewatch Justice League before the Snyder Cut comes out. So yeah, I'll check that out. <laughs> let, let me know. Yeah, it didn't yeah. strike me in a weird way. I think I think Ezra Miller is Jewish just by was, my, the name Ezra. That but, guy's yeah. got he's got he's got problems right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to as a Jew I don't want to claim him exactly oh, yeah. <laughs> sure uh, yeah I, I get it I get how that is um, I also don't want to claim the penguin so I don't care you know right uh, cobblepot would be a permutation of a Jewish name I always heard cobblepot oh. kind of as a kind of an English name so like he never really struck me as an anti-semitic yeah character, but once they put him in a bar mitzvah and the party favors come out in these kind of money bags, yeah. the, the anti-Semitic line that I was referring to in Harley Quinn was, so they, they take a character that's from, I want to say it's from Hitman or something, the character uh, Cy Borgman. Okay, yeah. This character. I, yeah. Think, I think Cy Borgman originally uh, originates in, in Hitman or one of those kind of books. But um, they make the character very like elderly Floridian Jew, yeah. and is of course their landlord, and is uh, played by um, uh, played by Jason Alexander, and a very yeah, yeah. like very much Jews it up. And there's an episode where they are planning to burn down the the apartment building for the insurance money, and mm -hmm. they refer to it as Jewish lightning. 
as oh you know you can never go wrong with some jewish lightning and it's like oh. that's not funny wow yeah, i didn't i didn't catch that. that and it's probably not a phrase anyone our age has ever heard before like you'd probably have to go back to your racist grandparents to even hear you know burning something down for the insurance money being referred to as jewish lightning yeah that was that's what's weird to me growing up is that like i didn't hear anti-semitic comments uh up until i guess a certain point and i never understood it because right. it just seemed like it came out of nowhere it's very old world it's very old yeah. america i don't i don't get it um so that's why i don't notice those things i guess i should yeah but if you heard a character in the show refer to insurance fraud as jewish right lightning. That's like crazy. That would, yeah. that stop you for a second. Why, does, right? yeah. why, why should any lightning that has done damage have to be, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, exactly. Oh, by the way, have you heard about this, this lightning's religious views? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> weird. Yeah, that's crazy. Really um, dark yeah. lightning. Oh. Um, yeah. uh, sorry. I want to challenge, not, not on that. I'm not challenging that. Uh, when you were talking about DC Universe's shows, Titans, I don't think it's that great of a show. Like, I, I wanted to that. like it. I haven't Sorry? seen it yet. Oh, I wanted to like it, and I stuck through it. I've seen both seasons, but it is trash. It's does, trash. does it not feel like the new Teen Titans era? Uh, no. De well, I mean, definitely not. It's, uh, what is it, it kind of based on? That's a tough question, too. Um, it is kind of new Teen Titans in a way because they explained that there used to be a Titans team that used to have, like, Donna Troy and those people. So, and this is the new team, but at the same time, it is a mess. Like only by watching it, can you figure out like how much of a mess it is. Now there's certain things that are good in the show, but uh, a lot of it's bad. I'm interested in the second season because I know he eventually becomes Nightwing on it and they bring in Jason Todd, right? They bring in Jason Todd in the first season. Oh. So there's technically two Robins at the same time. Okay. But Dick doesn't work for Batman at that time. So even though he's wearing the Robin suit, he's not Batman's Robin. So Batman gets a new Robin. He's just a wannabe Robin at that, at that point. Well, no, he gives up being Robin. That's the thing. Oh. Okay. It's it's angsty and dark and weird and like foregoes the inevitable. They push it off for so long, and it's like get to it. Finally, get to this the point. And they push off Nightwing for like two seasons when it's Damn. like, you know. Um, I want to point out just real quick, uh, just a couple comments in uh, the comments. Uh, thank you guys for uh, keeping up with us. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I just feel like, you know, reading this out. Um, uh, Big G Noise Monkey is a fan of Constantine. He says, uh, since the live action cancel uh, of Constantine, uh, he keeps hoping that they may cross over with various franchises, Which, including Doom Patrol. By the way, there was absolutely a character in season two of Doom Patrol that is clearly supposed to be Constantine. Yeah. What's the name of that character? Kipling. Kipling, Kipling. yeah. yeah. They another. have this yeah. character, Kipling. Kipling. It's clearly Constantine. Yeah. Uh, is that a character from the comics? I'm, I don't know. So, I'm uh, sure yeah. he's a Templar Knight. Yeah, character. He's, he's a character from the comics, but he was created for Doom Patrol because... Uh, I think it's Grant Morrison wasn't allowed to use Constantine. And so he created an analog for Constantine, which is this Kipling, whatever, another. Well, he and feels then, like Constantine in the show too. I, yeah. 
I, smokes, I, I agree with you. Drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they just hired the guy who plays Constantine on um, Legends of Tomorrow. To I come love him so guy. much. I He's love... so good. He's so yeah. fun. So where yeah. does Doom yeah. Patrol sit and all this? I know in the... Uh, I, think, I think it's in its own pocket. You yeah. Know. It, did the Doom Patrol is. show up yeah. during the crisis? Yes. No. Well, oh, they did. That, you're right. Oh, you're right. That one, it's just a montage of at the end of the crisis on Infinite Earth's crossover, they redo the universe. So they merge all the CW shows that were previously in different CW universes. Like Supergirl was in her own universe and Black Lightning was his own universe. But then they merged those. So that whole Arrowverse is together. But then they show that on Earth 2, there's the Stargirl show. And then on another Earth, there's the Doom Patrol. And it just shows a picture of them dancing. And, like, that's it. And they show Titans, I think, on another universe. Uh, or another Titans world. is a different universe than Doom Patrol? Technically, yes. Even though there was an episode of Titans, like episode four of Titans, where Doom Patrol is introduced. And that's where they meet Beast Boy. Uh, technically, it's not in continuity to the Doom Patrol show. Because a couple of the actors are different. And like, it's a different, it's a different continuity. I I do like that. Yeah, a shout out to Mister uh, Mister Plow uh, on yeah the Mister Nobody getting a uh, you know voiceover gig for an animated show, which is that's got to be a Harley Quinn reference. Yeah, yeah? because yeah. Uh, Alan Tudyk is both uh, he's both Joker and Clayface. That's right. Yeah, on Harley Quinn. Yeah, he. Uh, did you guys okay? Quick question: Did you guys watch uh, this on DC Universe or on HBO Max? Did you watch? HBO. I watched. HBO, right? I watched Doom Patrol episodes from my like for episode season one from work. Okay. My my, my office had like the, the season one, so I'm like hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, stay overtime and watch watch some of this. <laughs> uh, but season two has definitely been um, HBO Max. Oh, Is that it? Oh. Do we get one more episode or what's the no, deal? Well. Well, I'll go over that in a, a second. Weird. But we okay. Don't. Um, oh. on DC Universe, supposedly when Beard Hunter makes that joke, a yeah. pop up of Harley Quinn comes up, and it says Harley Quinn animated series. So they oh. do a joke in the DC Universe cut that they don't do in the HBO Max cut. Oh, uh, yeah. gotcha. Um, but uh, okay. So to answer your question, yeah. So this season ends abruptly. Gil and I were talking about a pre-show. Where yeah. uh, I they they were supposed to have one more episode in the season and they couldn't do it because of coronavirus, right? Oh, they were shooting, you know, in March before Corona happened, and they never—I don't think they finished shooting episode ten, and so I think they shelved it. Or they're going to, whenever they come back, they're going to incorporate whatever footage they shot into the first episode of season three, as far as I know. They should do a uh, Christmas special. Yeah. I would love that. I think, but what's interesting, we were talking about this before, is that the way season or episode nine works, it doesn't feel like a season finale. And it seems to me as if they shot it back in March, they very well could have like figured out how to shoot that or how to not shoot it to to edit it to make it feel at least more like a cliffhanger that's going into the next season. And yeah. It just feels like the next episode. Yeah. No, because because yeah. all the other characters still have to resolve their issues. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, it's just weird to end a, you know, penultimate is like usually when you're at your lowest or 
just before yeah. it's Which dark is just are, before right? the dawn you know they're, that they're kind of... all uh, covered in candle wax yeah our, our man mr candle mr wax mr. Candle, candle maker and candle. are we sure that miranda is is the candle maker no you know who it is i i Who's didn't that? notice this at first viewing I didn't well, notice I, this at first. I had to. She didn't get. She didn't get infected like everyone else. So she had some weird immunity. So I, I assume that she's right. No, I, I read this in a review on io9. Yeah. Did you read that review? I didn't. I didn't read that review. I'm on Reddit, so like that's okay. where I heard. But yeah, Miranda is Jane's father. It's daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. It's, what? What? Uh, it's the daddy, daddy personality. Oh. Yeah. That's why he touches her, and it's so gross when I think about that knowing that now and you how know? Her, she miranda put her back and jane in the well kind of thing and, yeah so oh, yeah yeah so uh, this dad personality that they defeat at the end of season one is now a personality in k's mind or jane's mind uh and Miranda's dead in the well, and this has been... Oh, Miranda's been dead in the well. Yeah. Miranda killed herself after all of that flashback stuff. And by the way, that flashback it, during episode nine, that whole storyline was yeah. incredible. And yeah, the whole incredible. time I'm yelling at Miranda to walk away from this dude the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, everything's going to go bad if she participates in this orgy. <laughs> and she yeah. does, and then she visualizes her dad on top of her. It's so horrible. It's yeah, gross. it's fucking dark as fuck <laughs> season. Yeah. Uh, but that was the uh, creation of the Jane personality. Yeah. We still need one more episode, though, because it's like we you know, need Larry's it. working his shit out. Uh, you know, uh, fucking Robot Man, Rita. Uh, everybody's about to, about to get their shit together. It just feels like, you know? And right. then, yeah, it, are it, they, it are doesn't they, feel incomplete. It feels super incomplete, but it's like, and then is, are they, were they intending for them to start off like season three, like super confident about who they are? It would be or, nice. I yeah. mean, I, I, I personally think like, I understand in real life, mental health issues is a lifelong battle. Uh, 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 it takes a lot of work and a lot yes. of therapy. And if the chief was an actual therapist and not some fucker who maimed and tortured them, uh, it would make more sense. Well, the way that this show always goes is they come to completion on one personal issue, which opens up the next the next bag of worms, the next Pandora's box. So, yeah. you know, once, uh, you know, if Cliff somehow makes it to his daughter's wedding or if she forgives him, he's still going to have to deal with having killed his wife, too, at the same time, right? right? I like understand. There, like, there's always there's always the next thing, and even if you know if Larry comes to grips with his family too, if if he somehow merges with Negative Man and they become one entity, then he's going to have to explore what it means to be a joined entity. That's right. That's just how these shows go. Like there's always a deeper layer to it, you know. Right, but do the stakes always have to be as high as they've been? Because um, for the past two seasons, it's always been like whatever they're working on is debilitating but can whatever they're working on be a little bit less debilitating over time you know well, here's, they can here's function a little bit see. better i would love to see in a season two and we were also talking about this before was some of the classic um doom patrol bad guys the brotherhood of evil yeah who 
you know, if you're looking for other things that X-Men stole from Doom Patrol, right? Uh, villains are straight outright. Yeah. Um, uh, so Monsieur Mala and the Brain yeah. are two very classic Doom Patrol villains that show up in every reboot of Doom Patrol. And yeah. they, they, I think they've been hinted at like a little bit in like the yeah. Bureau of Normalcy. They were kind of hinted that that there's a, a French-speaking gorilla or something like that. Mm. Um, and I would just love to see season three be about the characters being like, okay, we've settled all our shit. It's time for us to become superheroes. Let's all work on becoming superheroes. And then they get to have Monsieur Mala and the brain show up and they realize, oh, they, their confidence is now the new problem that they have. Yeah. Or, or thinking that they're over their shit is going to be the, the next problem they have to face. Oh, remember, right. remember the end of season one? Where they were, where they're together as a superhero team. It was like the end, and then they realize it was a. What was it? They were right. stuck in the painting still, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like, it was a. Yeah, it was definitely a, like a loop that was, uh, nobody loop. put it in. Yeah, but like in that time loop, they were the actualized hero team, right? Yeah, they had like uniforms and everything. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then they backtracked, which is fine. It makes sense with the context of the show, but it's like. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't mind seeing them as a uh, superhero team that fought bad guys, but still had their problems, and maybe their problems caused more problems. Sure. You know, I think that's what it's going to be. Is that like being superheroes or or thinking of themselves as actualized, as you know, getting over their shit is going to cause its own kind of fall. Right. And you yes. would end season three at even at like their lowest, lowest possible moment that that was caused by the overconfidence itself right well because keep in mind justice league exists in this universe which they just don't ever show them they do like right. they do what netflix does where it's like it's all shields and monsters and hammers huh you know no, that kind well, of well no they literally said justice league though they yeah but they don't like outright say batman or superman like i think no i uh, think they did say superman i think, I think yeah they oh okay because cyborg Cyborgs worked with them, or at least yes. wants to be in the Justice League, right? That's right? all I hear, though, is it never goes farther than mentioning Justice League and then everything yeah. else. They don't get specific. Not that I think they did mention Superman, though. Okay, okay. I think they have the leeway to mention any superhero. I think, you know, I don't think there's any rights issues in terms yeah. of that. I think it's just a matter of, like, how they would do it, uh, <clears throat> how they would do any of those particular stories. But it doesn't seem like that's anything they particularly want to do. I don't think they want to bring in batman or superman to have a, a conversation no they keep them keep them out keep them separate yeah no uh, i think it'd be funny to mm -hmm. like make jokes about you know like oh the fucking crime in gotham he's just you know you're like yeah. is that where you like someone's talking about just like class or crime you yeah. know just anything political and just like well you want to you want to be like gotham city fuck that you know <laughs> in terms of the classic doom patrol the only you know they kind of uh, went down that that well but then that was a dream also that was a uh that was a a mirage that was kind of caused by mento right like right. mento shows up and he's in the full helmet with the mask and you know he's like mento you know yeah um, and then the fresh maker yes. yeah <laughs> they don't they 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 do not shy away from any of their history which yeah well, they, they did it but like in like, and that specifically is something from the comics is that Mento eventually goes kind of off the deep end and becomes a villain and he kind of cracks in the head, you know? 
Um, but it's just the, I, I think this is the thing that I bump on the most in the show is the timeline and that all of our characters are like 70 or 80 years old. Yeah. That's the weirdest part to me of the whole show. And I, I think every character has a reason for still looking young, but it just doesn't. They haven't outright said what, I mean, other than, you know, certain powers. To me, the most unbelievable thing is seeing Brendan Fraser uh, as a race car driver, like in human form. Yeah, because he's so puffy. <laughs> he's he's so puffed old. out. No, 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 not the body shame. I'm just saying it's like, it's all right. yeah, no, it's just, I don't <laughs> believe he's a race car driver. <laughs> like, it's, it's weird to see him as like a NASCAR hick. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's unlike his other roles. Um, Big Who G noise monkey. Costume? He lives on a farm. I mean, he's he's down to earth as hell. So who who's in the costume? I don't um, know. I don't know. He deserves some. It's guy. not Brendan well, Fraser though. No, 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 no. Well, same thing with Negative Man. It's not Matthew Bomer in the in the bandages. Okay. It's just Matthew Bomer. I think when he takes off the bandages and in the flashback scenes, but that's yeah. it. Um. Matt, uh, Big G Noise Monkey has a really good question that kind of ties in with something that I mentioned earlier. Um, I want to know your guys' input. Uh, Big G Noise Monkey says, is there any danger of narrative toe-treading and oversaturation or slipping into tropes with shows like Umbrella Academy and The Boys also featuring dysfunctional powered families with narcissistic patriarchs also running things? Do you feel like these three shows overlap too much too much uh, is, a, is, a, is a particular word i mean yeah. i think they all share narrative dna with watchmen yeah you know mm. i think that that just the idea of um of deconstructed superheroes comes from that and it just makes sense that at this point in our history i think it's exactly what you were talking about about the watchmen movie right where the comic is a deconstruction of the comics, but the movie came out too early to be a deconstruction of comic yeah. movies. But yeah. the TV show certainly came out at exactly the right time, didn't it? Right. And right. even deconstructed the movie a little bit, you know? <laughs> like, making fun of when it was doing the, the Minutemen stuff, you know? It was right. very Zack Snyder. Um, but like even DC movies since then look like that. 300, all that. Right. Like, yeah, I, I do think the pendulum swings. So, I mean, it's like... Batman and Daredevil definitely go through these motions where it's like super grim dark, right? And then, you know, what followed Shadowland was like, it was, uh, you know, a bright Mark Wade, you know, peace in sunny California. Oh, San Francisco uh, run, right? Yeah, it went to San Francisco. Daredevil went to San Francisco, you know. Uh, and, you know, it was just like a sunnier, you know, take on the book all of a sudden after yeah. like grim dark. Uh, but they, I think, I think like narrative styles will go through that too like you know x-men will get super like you know jonathan hickman create uh, grant morrison levels of like detail about what it means to evolve and all that shit but then like the run after that is generally like a you know bing bang pow big stupid fun x-men again i got house of x powers of x in hardcover Dude, it's it's killer right now it's, it's so it's, good it's I, I so good it. you, you love it gil yeah, I think it's really good. It's great. It's exactly what was needed. I think, uh, you know... I think uh, any time the entire X-Men line feels unified as one thing, that's when I think X-Men works best for me. I generally don't care what they're doing as long as it makes sense that they're all doing it at the same time. Yeah. Like yeah. the, you know, 
clearly the red and blue, red and gold, or sorry, blue and gold era uh -huh. uh, is like what I grew up with. Yes. Um, but it just makes so much sense in terms of like, uh, you know, the, each each book has its own mandate and it makes sense that they're all together. Um, you know, and uh, I just think that this this recalls that for me. And yeah. I, you know, it certainly makes sense that they're on Krakoa. The thing that's crazy to me is that all of this Empire stuff, because I don't know if, so I, yeah, I know you guys aren't reading Empire yet, but it's about the Kotati. I, I have been, but I haven't read the re uh, Wednesday's issue. Well, it's about the Kotati, who are a, a plant-based species who are attacking uh, the Korean Skrull. But uh, recently in the X-Books, they did basically a genocide on this plant-based um, invasive species in Brazil. And I'm just waiting for them to bring that in. I don't yeah. think they have it. They've tied in a little bit with the... Uh, with Krakoa and the, the the doorways, the gateways, but they didn't bring in that storyline that just wrapped up in X Men, where the uh, that plant species took over a country. Yeah, well, X Men's going crazy, like just the whole nation of Krakoa mutant nation thing. It has so many storylines going on, which is great. They're exploring so much, and then Beast is turning a little bit uh... crazy. <laughs> He's going yeah. Reed Richards. He's a Reed Richards kind of like that. Yeah. But I think I think that's right. I think that in that I think they wanted to rehab Cyclops, but they yeah. still needed someone to kind of be a little bit over the edge. Uh, and I think the person they chose to do that with was Hank. But it's it's a little weird to me because they I think they just did that with Hank with all the new X Men stuff. Yeah, you know, all the, like once once he brought the original X Men back from the past. Yeah, like you were already doing that kind of storyline. They confronted him on that, even yeah. you know, they're like, bro, That's like, you bro, know, bro, like, bro, bro, you know, yeah, no, but like both sides from the schism uh, run yeah. were back yeah. in the same room, like for to intervention, Hank on on his fuckery, you know. Yeah, uh, so it's weird that he's the he's kind of going off the deep end again. So. You know, Dark Beast I, I, is just Beast. <laughs> I guess. I think that, you know, there was a time when Cyclops was the punching bag of the X-Men, and I think yeah. we we're entering a time when Beast is going to be the punching bag for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, But, I mean, it kind of makes sense with the current run of X-Men because the whole Council of Twelve and whatever, like, yeah. they're making deals with bad guys, right? Like, they're all unified, and they have to deal with bad guys. So I feel like... The shoe doesn't drop on Beast until it drops on Sinister. You know what I mean? Like, you can't hold Beast accountable until you hold Mr. Sinister, I guess, accountable. I think what they're attacking, though, though, they're attacking it in a manner that's like, it's kind of like, get if you want to get rid of the crime rate, if you want to, you know, crush the crime rate, give people less reason to commit crimes. You know, there should be more social services, things in their interest. So... I totally get the approach, yeah, uh, the yeah. Krakoan approach that like Professor X and Magneto uh, and the Apocalypse. Let, are let everybody have sex with everybody, right? Because that's hey. kind of the that's the philosophy of Krakoa right now. Right? Okay, maybe yeah, let's yeah. just pull it back a bit. Well, no, yeah, that doesn't mean <laughs> auto consent. Everybody's fucking consent dude, doesn't dude. mean nothing, man. Like, cable, well, young cable. Did you read that one? Young cable yeah. is with the all the cuckoos. With all the cuckoos, but that's apparently. Right. But apparently they're doing something. Apparently the cuckoos are doing it to like fuck with Cable's head for some right. reason. Right. Sure. Like there's there's some ulterior motive from the cuckoos, but I guess he's fucking all five cuckoos. Yeah. <laughs> hey. 
Also, Wolverine, no Wolverine and Gene and, and maybe Cyclops, Cyclops are in, are in like then, a threesome. And then Cyclops is with Emma. Yeah, dude. Hey, if that's how they're gonna roll, if Scott's gonna roll like that, then then Gene has every right, and you know right. Emma's gonna right. do whatever she wants. You know, hey, right. Right. it's a different society. You know, like it's people. People. I have friends that are poly. You know, hey, yeah. it's a thing. All right, it's and like, should be like, there should be seen. You know, <laughs> there should be sure. some visibility. Yeah, it's well, been brewing forever. <laughs> so. Oh, but it's definitely a way to be like, yeah, we don't want to do love triangles anymore. Might as well just let everybody fuck whoever they want. Yeah, it's yeah. like a polygon. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it's like a Wanda Maximoff was you know with tears streaming down her face. No I more want, love triangles. I want the no Jonathan more monogamy. Yeah, give no me more monogamy. <laughs> give me the Jonathan Hickman infograph hookup, uh, you know, tree. That's, yeah, <laughs> it's sure. about it's bound to come up. <laughs> you got Rogue and Magneto, but then there's Gambit, who's been with blah, blah, blah. yeah. Well, I mean, Gambit and Rogue are married, and as far as I've seen, they haven't strayed outside of that. I, so okay. as far as I've seen, they have a monogamous a monogamous marriage. But have so, we even really seen? So Gambit's in Excalibur, right? Or Gambit and so Rogue. Rogue. Yeah, 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 they're, they're both, both in Excalibur. Yeah. That's good. That yeah. that's the book that I think like I have more trouble reading than yeah. anything else. I just think it's just written in a more esoteric way than the other books. Yeah. It's hard for me to really get my mind around what's going on in there, but you know, I think they've just been too busy to fuck anyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh Paul Paul Lau in the comments says somewhere Star Fox is rubbing his hands. Oh, dude, Starfuck. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. time. He's an, he's an eternal, though. But yeah, he's like that's Thanos's brother, right? So yeah, boom. Uh, he's a titan. Big G. Let me, let me show you why I'm a titan. Yeah. Do you think yeah. he's gonna be Thanos's brother in the MCU? If they even I mean, like introduce, maybe they'll him. mention. He might get a name. I don't know if they'll outright say it, but he might get a mention in a Guardians film. I feel like over you know, an Eternals Nova film. Movie. He's gonna be in Eternals. Is he? Oh, is he? Okay, then boom. I think they gotta touch on Thanos. They'll probably do a flashback thing or something like young Thanos before he's like fully realized what he is, you know? Yeah, the the rapper. The rapper, young Thanos. Young Thanos, yeah. that is. (laughs) I can see the Photoshop now with the sideways hat. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Aw, snap. All right, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Well, this is the thing that I've always found so weird about Marvel cosmic stuff is that um you know two characters can be from the same planet but not look anything alike like star fox and Thanos, oh yeah you know? yeah well the way i recall like thanos had some kind of degenerative he's a deviant, he's a deviant which yeah. i yeah. thought deviants were also no, what that means. no okay so I, I i kind of feel like they're gonna and you've heard me do this rant when i did the mute when the x-men show yeah. but like Eternals are probably going to how they're going to backdoor mutants because I think like deviants deviants were like the hideous antagonists to the Eternals who were like, you know, yeah, it's like, like in the time, the time, H.E. Wells, the time machine, right? So they yeah, have the Morlocks, the, the Morlocks and whatever the Which are also a Marvel thing. Yeah. The Morlocks and the Eloy, is that what they're called? I guess. But yeah. deviants. Yeah. I, like the deviants were like, if you ever read like the Jonathan Hickman Shield stuff, like Isaac Newton went and banged a deviant uh, to learn more about their way of doing stuff. This is this is the stuff that I just can't 
fuck with. You can't? Oh, I totally can. I can't. Oh, Leonardo da Vinci, Agent of Shield. Oh, I. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Give it to me. Uh, I, I, it's so funny. Fair, I said the same thing before Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I, I can't care about these fucking cosmic characters. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure when Eternals comes out, I'll be like, all right, yeah, Icarus. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, okay. Dude, I, I want Imhotep, Agent of Shield, and you see, like, uh, uh, Apocalypse is like an Agent of Shield. Like, fuck yeah, this is well. He's not, not an Agent of Shield as much as an ally in that war against the Brood. Uh they never right. really broke it down, but like I they saw him like him fighting alongside Imhotep, so they I was like, him Shit, a parking yeah. pass. <laughs> you get a spot for your chariot. Out he front. tried on Dum Dum Dugan's hat. He, uh, <laughs> he was a full-on agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, <laughs> he grows yeah. a mustache. He grows a mustache. Yeah. He's like, how does it look? You know, Apocalypse, you know? I deputize you an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, boy, it's my special day. <laughs> hey, um, uh, is Chloe Bennett around? I have always wanted to meet her. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched, I haven't watched uh, recent seasons. I don't think okay. I caught the last two. Okay. Okay. Chloe like Bennett is the actress who plays. Yeah. Yes. I, I hear it gets good after the space stuff, so I kind of want to go back and and watch a few. What well, like it gets good again? Ghost Rider season was that's was the best. Miles away, my favorite. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then space, the space one was boring, but I knew that that was like, that was like their setup. Yeah, uh, bring some stuff home. So yeah, um, but also it's like I, I like that show a lot more when they stopped trying to associate themselves so hard with the movies. Yeah, you know, it was just like it was embarrassing. It was kind of like, uh, you know, it's kind of like the way like Moby claimed to have dated Natalie Portman, and Natalie Portman was like, oh, <laughs> never a thing. <laughs> it's just like really sad, and it's just like just get past this, dude. Just be your own show. Shields, Shields ran on its own. It should be, like, like the movies yeah. killed Shield. So it's like, why would you still try to build a show with this? You know, right, right. And they, uh, they definitely knew that going in. Like, like Joss, it's like Joss Whedon didn't tell his brother about that. This was this was the thing coming up. No, nah, I don't believe. <laughs> um, um, Paul Lau is going wild with the jokes in the comments. Oh like, God, yes, like, Apocalypse LMD. Yeah. Do you guys oh. have a Mandroid armor in sixty four long? <laughs> mandroids man mandroids. Just, I'm picturing like apocalypse just trying to like be on the down low like at a bench like here's your next mission you're, you're, uh, yeah apocalypse go you're attention. yeah go undercover oh, yeah. at a banquet you know yeah that's just <laughs> um, oh i've been spotted and then just like launching away like, you know like, like, everything shield has like has jet boosters on the bottom of it so yeah. it just uh, yeah, Apocalypse doing trying to do anything stealthy is funny. Yeah, uh, Apocalypse Ninja. <laughs> I, I would love to ask you about that, uh, that JLA Year One story with Doom Patrol in it, um, because that's that I feel the same way. Like that's like the the biggest. Um, the, I think the best intro to Doom Patrol that I had too was just yeah. like this Mark Wade story where the Justice League kind of learn about themselves via dealing with their counterparts uh, on the Doom Patrol. And one of the, like, my favorite moments for it, from it that I still think about, and especially was thinking about while watching the TV show, was that Hal Jordan and Larry Trainer were in the Air Force together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah. 
I, so I, I heard this elsewhere, but yes. Yeah. So, but they make it explicit in that JLA year one story. Wait, do they talk they about it in the, show? the other guy? I don't think they talk about it in the show. Oh, okay. Okay. But, should, have been, should have been Larry Trainer's lover was was Hal Jordan. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Probably Dude, should. The internet would have blown up. Um word. Yeah, I, could, um, I, could, I could deal with a gay Hal Jordan. I'm open to that. Uh, I think, what say you? Hal what Jordan say you? is a character that's very specifically the same character as Captain Kirk. I think that Captain yeah. Kirk and Hal Jordan are the exact same person, just in different universes. Um and I and definitely, sexual. and I definitely think that Captain Kirk would fuck a dude. You think so? If if he was attracted to him, I think that he would fuck him. I mean, I feel like in in fiction, hey man, he's in space, like a part of a very forward thinking society. I mean, nah. I know, but can't can't I'm I hate to be that guy, but like, can't he sure. just be straight a straight womanizer? Because I feel huh. like people people do this with Gambit. A lot, right? You're People right. say like Gambit could be bi, but it's just that like he's a big womanizer, done. right? Deadpool, Deadpool is like fucking yeah. omnisexual. Whatever. Well, because like, Deadpool, Deadpool to me is a cartoon character, right? Like in the same way that like Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny just is yes, not bang Elmer. Are we breaking news here? Is Bugs Bunny, Bunny pansexual? I yeah. mean, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, is yeah, just yeah a totally. Lot. Will. Yeah, Bugs Bunny. I'll put I'll put that on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I get your point, Dimitri. I think I saw a really great YouTube video about um, about uh, Captain Kirk's womanizing. And uh-huh. uh, what the, the argument of this video was is that if you look at how many explicitly sexual relationships that Captain Kirk has, it's uh-huh. only like three or four. Like he doesn't really sleep with every alien lady that comes along. And he really right. seems more more concerned with romance than sex anyway. Like if you think, if you watch... He's, he's constantly trying to court. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, he's he's actually a pretty like loving guy. Like he's 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 more like a cuddle bug than a womanizer. Like he's yeah. definitely like wants to wants to have intimacy with uh, a lot of people. Yeah. Um but maybe it's it's my feelings of of Riker being transported to Captain Kirk because I think there's an established there's certainly an established episode where Riker is attracted to and falls in love with a genderless uh, character. Right. right. So clearly Riker is someone who's like, if I feel a connection to you, I am on board no matter what. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And like, yeah, I can see that. But Hal Jordan, yeah. Hal Jordan. Your face, dude. You're going to be so, so, so much, I mean, culture. <laughs> you so know, much. Like, Eric, so you just, Eric, you're in space right now. How are you doing? I am in space. I, I mean, there's not much culture back here. You know, right. it's tough, hard to breathe. Look, um, in space, nobody can hear you cream. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. 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 Good um, stuff. <laughs> it's, anyway, uh, I, yeah, I, so uh, that's I, what I'm looking for, searching for. What's cool, also, uh, just bringing it back to Doom Patrol, is that like Matt Bomer, Matt Bomer is uh, a gay actor, and he's playing. Nathan I didn't know Mann. that. Yeah, it's yeah, good. He uh, he, he uh, he's a gay actor. He uh, is playing Negative Man, who's gay. Uh, uh, he gets to have those like cool parties with Danny the Street and um, what's her name? I love her name. Um, yes, the uh, drag queen. Yeah, oh. uh, who used to be the agent. 
I can't want to say yeah. misdemeanor, but it's something like it's something like it's it's like that's something that one's too obvious. This one was actually yeah. very creative. Her, clever. I have friends that do burlesque, so Moira, when more more. It's like I don't know. I forget what it is. Don't want to look it up. Yeah. Are you looking it up, Gil? Yeah, I'm looking it up. All right. It's drag character from Doom Patrol. Yeah. For some reason, Moira Despicable, or but that's not a pun. But it's like something like um. Morris Wilson is the is Morris Wilson. Oh. More morally corrupt. That's morally it. Morally corrupt. Morally, morally yes. corrupt. That's it. That's the name. Yeah, <laughs> that one made me laugh out loud. I like that. That's that was that was good. That was a really good one. Um, you know, as yeah. a former agent too. Like that. That especially is is a good good one. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, as we uh, uh we'll probably uh as we close up this episode. Uh, I just want to talk final final thoughts with uh, uh, Doom Patrol, with the series. I know it ended like prematurely. I don't know what they're planning to do. Do they release that final episode at the start of the next season? And then, because Titans also had a weird schedule, and they can't even blame it on quarantine. They had a weird schedule mm-hmm. where like Titans, a Titans season one premiere was technically a episode from the season or season two premiere was an episode from season one. And it was like this weird thing that Titans did that ended abruptly. Also, um, where are we going to see doom patrol go in this like next season? Cause they're going to get a next season. It's going to be on HBO max DC universe. I think is done for they've changed all the Facebook names of the DC universe shows. It used to be DC universes, Harley Quinn or DC universes, doom patrol to DC's, Doom Patrol, DC's Harley Quinn, DC's Titans. Um, so it seems like they're hedging their bets, putting it all on uh, uh, HBO Max. Um, where where are we going to see these characters go? What do we hope comes out of it? Um, I'd like to see, honestly, I'd like to see them get really get Swamp Thing going. You know, like maybe they could give Swamp Thing the injection That's- it needs. Th- that's uh, going to be on HBO Max. It's going right? to be on HBO Max. I, I would like to see a crossover app, if only just to like get more interest, get more interest in the show. I haven't seen season one. Honestly, I'm kind of scared to see it because it's like the budget like straight up falls out from under that show, and it's already like you know these shows already do a lot with a little. You can tell like Doom Patrol is not relatively an expensive show it's right. shot beautifully shot yeah. beautifully but you can tell like this is low budge that like, they've put all their money on timothy dalton and brendan frazier uh you know um yeah. by the way timothy timothy dalton is killing it so amazing he's great yeah all, all of them in um yeah. in uh hot fuzz oh yeah that, that's the moment i think where you're like oh this guy can do some really weird acting yeah. yeah, no, he's he's the he's the cool James Bond, yeah. <laughs> like uh, Pierce Brosnan kind of uh, like every everything I hear about him is is not good. No, but I'm gonna yeah. I like oh. that live watch he did of Goldeneye. That was fun to watch. Oh, did it? Did it? I haven't seen that. Oh, I just hear a lot of bad. I just hear a lot of stories of him being a dick, <laughs> but I uh, uh, enjoyed him in Eurovision. I uh, I like all these actors in this show. Like they did a really good job. April Bowlby. Uh, who plays Elastigirl, Rita Farr. Yeah. Like, she is so good. She is yeah. so good. And who yeah, would have like, thought... Where did she come from? That's the thing. I looked her up, and she was like 
one of Charlie, like Charlie Sheen's character in Two and a Half Men, like dates her for either an episode or a couple episodes, and she's like in a bikini, and it's just this yeah. like, it just strikes me as like Two and a Half Men and all those shows misuse these female actresses because they just put these female actresses in these like like shallow characters to support the men's characters and their adventures i mean i can't get mad that she had an acting job i think no no i'm not mad at her so i think like like you know she i'm sure she was just excited to have a paycheck the fact is i agree yeah, I'm not blaming so her. When, when you're an attractive, beautiful young lady like that, those are the parts that you're initially going to get coming up is the babe, the girl who's just sort of the hot girl in the background. And yeah, that's what she played for a while. I, I, I think she's mostly plays as a blonde, right? Most of her acting jobs, she plays so. as a blonde. So her coming in as Rita Farr and just having that skill to, like she inhabits that so well. Like she literally just feels like she just came out of the 50s. Her whole I mean, acting style. Yeah. Christina yeah, Hendricks yeah. is like another one. Who, yeah, like yeah. She was she was like in music videos and then Mad Men, which like she was cast for that, you know, reason, but the, and then also like layers. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. now is, she's doing a lot I'm more. I'm not blaming them for shit. their previous roles. I'm not blaming them no. for their previous roles. I'm just saying that it sucks that they don't, they have a career before that doesn't get to showcase their acting talents because they're, you know the only parts that they're 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 being offered are these shallow roles, and it's amazing that April Bowlby gets to come on to Doom Patrol and show how much chops she actually has. When, so like, I don't think she's gotten that chance before. You know, I bet she's a killer improviser. I'll just put that out there. I'm sure she would shred at that. Send her a tweet, man. Yeah. Send her a yeah. tweet. The improv scene. What's I don't I don't know I don't know, but I just know that I can tell that she just just would pop off. She's just just very. She makes very right. bold choices, put it that way, you know, and, uh, you know, you would think I like, honestly, I, you would think like a character like that you get tired of, uh, but she keeps it, she yeah. keeps it interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Also, yeah. uh, the girl say the character who plays Dorothy, I was going to say that too. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. I don't, I honestly don't remember her from the end of season one. So like when season two kicked up, I was like, what the fuck is happening? You see the back so, of her head in that. Yeah. Scene in yeah. Two. So I didn't really. So here's I forgot that they shrunk too. So I was like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but in the episode where we see where we find out about Rita's mother that she like slept with the director to get Rita the part, yeah, uh, where we see young Rita, that's the actress who plays Dorothy playing young Rita. No, oh wow, same actress. Oh wow, no, because young uh, uh, actress who plays Dorothy plays young uh, Chief in that scene. In the scene where Red, uh, she, Jack, really? yeah, she's the boy. That's oh. th- that's Dorothy. Okay, because I I watched that scene with uh, Rita's mother, and I saw the little girl just the way she smiles, like looked like Dorothy's smile, and I was like, is that the same person? It no, kind of it is. It's it's the it's the young chief. You know, the little chief that's like who faces yeah. Jack, the, Jack Ripper, the Ripper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. her playing a boy. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that. That's why. By the way, is is a is a story directly out of the first. You know, yeah. First oh yeah. Trade, yeah. 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 There's Red See, Jack right there. I never right. knew who Red Jack was. I don't. I don't know a lot of these uh, Grant Morrison Doom Patrol characters. I know yeah. the classic like Monsieur Mala, the Brain, Madame Rouge, Wart. Like, but none yeah. of them have appeared yet. So who knows? 
Yeah, I mean, they're definitely pulling mostly from Morrison, and even like Mr. Nobody is a Morrison character. Um, you know, the, see sex, it. the Sex Men clearly are very Morrison-y. Uh, I'm pretty sure that he that Morrison introduced Flex Mentallo uh, to the Doom Patrol. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's about but, but yeah, that actress who plays Dorothy is God. You know, to to play behind makeup and to be so consistent and great. And uh, and the woman who plays Crazy Jane also, like does does those- Oh, Diane. Oh, those turns are nuts. You know that the same, it's the same take. It's not like, cause I mean, you see a flush, flash, but she's in the same position. Yeah. And then it's yeah. just like, it's a hard so right. good. Yeah, I know that's, dude, she Diane deserves- Guerrero? Nomination or something, yeah. Oh yeah, this show is never gonna get nominated for anything. No. Nobody in the Academy no, has ever seen this show. Yeah. But it is, uh, I think it's really strong. I think it's just a really strong television show and I'm just so happy uh, that it got made and that it's like being made with no, it doesn't seem like it, it's making a lot of compromises. It seems yeah. like it's going full comic book, full Grant Morrison and, you know, and, and Proud of it. Yeah. telling the, the mental health stories that it clearly wants to tell, which by the way, is something that Morrison could never have pulled off by the no. way. Like oh. the, the plots, the plots are very Morrison. The characters are something that Morrison could never have come, come next to. Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's run yeah. down their, their, their issues. So, I mean, it's like uh cliff anger. Uh, Larry's got a ton of regret. Uh, you know, Rita has like imposter syndrome. Uh, there's right, obviously right. some disassociative identity stuff with Jane, uh, right. and Cyborg. Like I guess it's like trust issues. I feel like I like the Doctor Cowboy. The Doctor Cowboy. Cowboy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He that was, was like, that was a good character. I liked I like seeing that actor like take that, you know, turn. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. The fact is, Doctor Cowboy isn't meant to tell him right from wrong. It's to affirm whatever his choices already are. Which are, do, how many people do we know that have that going on? You know, like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guilty of charge, man. Oh, man. Uh, before we get going, uh, Mr. Plow, Paul Lau in the comments says that April Bowlby was in a show called, or a movie, I think, called Drop Dead Diva, where she is an mm. actress studying 50s actresses. And so it's kind of a weird hop skip and a jump towards doom patrol in some yeah. other thing that she did so uh interesting um the other uh before we uh yeah before we get going i, I want to say thank you eric thank you gil for coming on the show uh it's it's awesome eric has been here multiple times gil it's your first time uh i wish that we could have met in person and you know uh you know done that but you know Things are crazy time, out there. Next time we do this, can we talk Young Justice like all day, every day? <laughs> uh, I have long Young Justice conversations. Yeah, I, I, I will. I would gladly have you back for any episode, uh, anytime. So, uh, so we'll much. we'll we'll make that happen. Thank you, you guys out there for 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 watching, uh, for commenting. Um, uh, uh, big uh, was it Big G Noise Monkey? Uh, he's like oh, yeah. our newest, our newest fan. Big G Noise Monkey watched last night's Keegback episode, and he found us through our hashtag of theater because we had uh, theater actresses on oh, the right. episode, and so he found us there and like 
uh, he's been awesome, which is great because sometimes we get weird perverts, uh, you know, uh, in the comments, and then we block them, and great. But Big G Noise Monkey, he's been awesome so far, so keep it going. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you like comics and not just porn. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, just going uh, through theater to be, get pervy. That's weird. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. probably the wrong hashtag. Yeah, it's uh, like... <laughs> It's a roundabout way, I think. Yeah, all right. Uh, long gone. Yeah. Uh, uh, but if you guys are out there watching, feel free, click follow on us. Uh, the Key Live is a show that we do every single Saturday at 3 p.m. We talk about a different um, a different topic every single week. So next week we're talking about Stargirl, uh, which will have its final episode this week. Uh, and so uh, we're talking Stargirl next uh, Saturday. And then I think the Saturday after that we're talking – Agents of Shield, if I'm okay after my tonsillectomy, because I'm getting tonsillectomy, oh. and I'm gonna try to heal up in five days and do the Agents of Shield show. Which Bring me back for any Star Trek talk. Let's talk Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, you like Star Dude, Trek? Your guy. You would, you would love uh, my friend Steve Biggs. Steve Biggs was a, was a Klingon at Star Trek: The Experience for like five oh, nice. years or something. So like, Steve is a is a crazy Star Trek fan. Um, and like, I would gladly have both you guys on the episode. Let's talk track, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, click follow uh, on the Keeg. Uh, we do Keeg back on Friday nights, which is like our kickback episode where we just shoot the shit. Uh, and then we do Instagram live interviews uh, on Instagram at the Keeg Show. So all our social media is what in that corner right over there. Um, so uh, follow us there. Like, comment, subscribe, donate, do what you need to do. Uh, either way. It helps us a lot. Uh, but thank you for watching. Thank you, Eric and Gil, for being on the show real quick. Eric, what's your social media? Where can we find you? What do you have coming up? Boom. All you guys got to... Boom. No, all you guys got to worry about is uh, down there, you put my name uh, at Eric Wargo. So, hey, that's that's perfect for me. Uh, not doing much else right now. You know, I'm just editing a pilot. Then uh, we'll see if anything happens with that. But I'm sort of quiet these days. I tweet. Would love uh, some faves uh, and some retweets, maybe, if I'm lucky enough. But, hey, you know, no pressure. No pressure. I'd like to focus plugs on my man Gil over here. Gil, what you got? Uh, yeah, what I'm you got? Same. You know, you can find me right there at, at GJ Barron uh, on Twitter. I, I make a lot of jokes, a lot of observations about geek shit. Um, but for the most part, the thing that we work on is your late night show tonight and other comedy shows uh, like we were talking about at the top of this show um next friday night is going to be our fourth anniversary show uh with host mirage trams it's going to be really really special we're, she's going to interview a celebrity uh we're going to have lots of comedy to bring you so i just recommend subscribing to the pack theater on twitch you can also find um your late night show tonight uh, has our own channel on twitch that on thursday nights we watch uh fun late night talk shows and we make fun of them so we watch clips from all the late night shows and uh eric we got to have you on because we're, we're coming up on the fourth anniversary of our show so we want to bring back some some previous uh producers call me baby call me baby <laughs> yeah i mean i'm ready to work again um but yeah our main thing is like we're we're four years strong and we're about to be on our 50th show next month uh and we have a really cool host coming up for that as well that, that we'll announce sometime next month that's, that's it. Awesome. Oops. Yeah. Uh, make sure to check uh, check them out, everybody. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it was awesome uh, talking Doom Patrol with you guys. We went on so many tangents though, but it's so awesome because we were all like, we're all there. It was, uh, I, I had a lot of fun today. I had fun um, too. Yeah. Hopefully you guys had fun. Hopefully the viewers out there had fun. Um, thank you yet again. Um, that's pretty much the gist of things. Thank you guys for watching the Keeg Live. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Dimitra Pereira. Uh, stay tuned for next time. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Gil. Take care, guys. Peace out. Double E G.